worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Good morning. All right. This is going to be a new era for the morning show. What are you talking about? What does that even mean? You know. <laughs> it's a new era. You know. Taking it to the next level. Yeah, it's time to take it to the next level. And why would we do that? There are going to be some great parties. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the weekend. All right, then. Let's get this party started. I don't want this Saturday. Bringing you all the news and the newsmakers on News Talk 1480 WHBC. Good morning. This is David Held. It's Saturday morning on News Talk 1480 WHBC. And um, we had some changes in the county uh, this year. We have a newly elected prosecutor, Kyle Stone, and he is going to be on the program with us this morning here at 9.35 a.m. And uh, Kyle is a young man. He's 38 years old. He's an attorney. And he was just elected as the new Stark County prosecutor. So all of the criminal cases that will be coming through his jurisdiction, uh, his team of attorneys and uh, fellow prosecutors will be reviewing those cases and uh, prosecuting them. So keeping the county safe. But he's got a lot of big challenges. Uh, He's got a big office, a lot of responsibility, but he's a very bright young man. He is... Uh, Not only an attorney, but he is a Christian preacher, a pastor. And so he brings a very unique blend to service. He's very service-oriented. He's very bright, and he is on the ball and ready to go. So he will be on our program at 935. And then at 10.05, we're going to be talking with Sean Anton, and he is... Uh, he is a fella that does the extreme hip hop exercise classes at the YMCA. He provides classes at the Eric Snow YMCA, the Myersville Lake YMCA, and the Jackson Township YMCA. And uh, he's a father of four, and he's really into fitness and getting in shape. And he actually lost nearly 100 pounds over the past few years. And so now what he's doing is he's sharing that with other people to get them in shape and get them going. So he'll be on at 10.05 this morning. And then at 10.35, we are going to have a licensed professional clinical counselor. And she's been doing this for many, many years, a marriage and family counselor, and helping out a lot of families, a lot of couples. And uh, I can tell you personally, she is uh, a wonderful A wonderful lady. She is very helpful, very insightful, and she is a mother of three children, and she's been married herself for uh, 29 years and with her husband back when they were 15 years of age. And uh, her name is Stephanie Vergirelli, and uh, she has a local practice right here in Stark County. So we're going to be talking to her uh, today right at 1035. So we're going to have a lot of uh, interesting topics to talk about. 
lot of people are complaining about the post office, the letters that aren't coming through, particularly businesses. So let's say that uh, a business, you know, buys particular products or supplies or services, and then when they buy those those products, then you have, uh, you know, the company that sold the products to that particular business, they will send out an invoice. They send out a bill. You need to pay us. And some will say you need to pay us within 10 days. Others will say you need to pay us within 30 days. Uh, but the problem is, is that the mail is so delayed that let's say, you know, you're supposed to pay within 15 days by this particular company, but the letter gets there, the invoice gets there in 15 days. Now what? Is there a late fee? Whose fault is it? Is it the fault of the company that made the purchase and got the bill late because the post office was late? Uh, it's one of those problems that are arising now with uh, local businesses, uh, large businesses, anybody that depends on the U.S. Postal Service. And I did get a Christmas card from a friend that is always on the ball, always on the ball, always does everything ahead of time. And uh, she sent out her Christmas card. Oh, boy, it was probably, uh, I think it was December 13th, and we did not get the Christmas card. Not that I cared. It didn't matter to me. At all, I thought it was kind of funny because uh, when I told her, hey, we got your Christmas card, and it was like December 30, it was after December 31st, and she was just, oh my gosh, I sent it out, you know, back on the 15th. So a lot of delays in the U.S. Postal Service, you got a lot of competition. They have a lot of competition with Amazon and all of these other delivery companies that you know, we're just working around the clock to get the deliveries out and get it done within one day. But the U.S. Postal Service, they're going to have to refine their approach. It's been more difficult because of the uh, the COVID and because of the pandemic. But you know what I've found is that there's companies that, if they're struggling, they will seem to continuously use, well, we're in a pandemic. Oh, the COVID. And it can almost become like a canned excuse, right? Anybody that's alive on planet Earth knows that we have a lot of challenges right now. But the question is, are you going to be able to adapt, improvise, and overcome? If you have problems with your organization and challenges, which many people do, you've got to find a way to overcome it. You have to find a way to uh, correct it. And in some cases, I think it can, oftentimes because it's our part of our human nature, we would rather find excuses than blame ourselves and say, I need to change things. I need to correct what I'm doing because this isn't working. So uh, we've got to to avoid that there's a pandemic. There's a pandemic. That's why we have so many problems. Yes, there's challenges. Yes, there are things that we've got to overcome. But at the same time, you see organizations that are thriving during a pandemic. And I can assure you, those companies, those organizations, 
those services that are being provided, they are doing it. They are thriving because they make adjust, adjustments. They're making adjustments. Uh, they, they are changing their operation. They're refining their operation. You know, one of the positives that's come out of this whole pandemic is that when you talk to a lot of organizations and you ask them about uh, individuals that are working from home, and what, what what we're finding is that the benchmark for performance has changed, where it's no longer, did you show up at 7.30 this morning or 7.35? No, now it's based on performance. Are you getting your work done? So individuals that are top performers, they perform well whether they're at home, whether they're at work, or whether they're working on their computer from a cornfield. The top performers always seem to find a way to get it done. Now, others that might be struggling, or maybe they're not a good fit for the organization, or maybe it is that uh, uh, they need to find uh, a new line of work, but it could be it could be difficult to do. It can be easier to say, oh, well, we have a pandemic, or oh, this, or oh, that. So, um, again, one of the positives that has come through this is that uh, you're hearing from uh, companies and organizations that uh, there's a new benchmark, which is exclusively performance when people are working from home, because you either get the work done or you don't. And uh, it's no longer focused on what time did you show up and what time did you leave, but exclusively whether you're getting things done. And uh, it'd be interesting to see if that's the same observation that a lot of you are having out there uh, as well. And so what we'll do uh, this morning, we're going to have Kyle Stone, the Stark County prosecutor, the young man, 38 years old. And uh, he has pledged to bring transparency and efficiency and a service mindset, a servant leader mindset, where he is there to best serve the best needs of the public and also serve his staff and his employees. Because in any high-performance organization, especially when you're in public service, you know, you are there to serve all of the public. And uh, after 14 years of serving as mayor in the city of North Canton, um, that's the that's got to be the focus. Is you serve everybody, you serve the good people, the bad people, everyone. And uh, but it really does. The one thing that I have learned in uh, just in years of uh, public service but also just in the private sector, that it really comes down, every operation comes down to three primary components. Number one, the people. Number two, the process. And number three, the profit or the money. And uh, and so if you're taking care of the people and you're finding the right people that are the right fit and you're training them, you have proper training for them so that they can learn how to do the job properly. And uh, at the same time, if you have a process that is set up to bring success to the individuals that are working the system, 
and then also you're taking care of the money watching the money because if you don't balance your budget if you don't align the revenues with the expenses you won't have an organization and you won't be in service very long so we're gonna take a break and uh, when we come back we're gonna be talking this morning with Kyle Stone He's the new Stark County prosecutor. He's got a lot of energy. He's very bright, and he's really looking forward to serving the people in Stark County. This is David Held, and you're listening to Saturday Morning here on WHBC. Good morning. It's Saturday morning. This is David Held on News Talk 1480 WHBC. It is a nice, chilly 21 degrees outside this morning. You can always tell when it's cold outside when you get out and you start walking around in the snow and you hear the snow squeaking. Then you don't even have to look at the thermometer. You just know it's cold outside. But as far as temperature, we've got things that are heating up over there in public service with our new Stark County prosecutor, Kyle Stone. He's 37 years old. He ran for the highest position in uh, criminal justice here as far as prosecution, as the uh, Stark County prosecutor. And uh, he brings with him a really, really impressive background because he's not only an attorney, but he's also a uh, pastor. And so he's bringing that approach where he has a desire and a heart to serve other people. And uh, Kyle, thank you for being on the program with us today. All right, Kyle, how are you doing? I'm good, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for coming on the program. Absolutely. So it's been uh, January 4th is when you started as the Star County Prosecutor. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you first began to run, I know that uh, a lot of people were thinking, ah, this this uh, young man is a long shot. And surprisingly, you worked really hard. Well, that wasn't a surprise to you. You worked really hard and you edged out a victory. And now it's 19 days that you're in office. How are things moving along? Um, it's going well. I, one of the things that's been important is, you know, just being able to adapt to the, the new position and then making sure that my staff, um, is, is adapting well with, um, my leadership with, um, the, the new individuals who've been added to the office and the energy is great. Everyone is, is working, um, as hard as we can to ensure, um, that we continue in the smooth transition and just making sure that our team is, is, is full and complete and we can continue to serve the people of Stark County. Well, I think that's excellent because, you know, I remember when I first began serving as mayor in North Canton, that was back, I was 40 years old. And uh, so just a little bit older than you were, uh, that you are right now. And I had a staff meeting with all of the department heads because I wanted to identify what was the most important service that the city provided. And, you know, it was interesting. When we went around the room with all the department heads, what do you think they said was the most important service? The fire chief said the fire department. Police chief said the police department. <laughs> the sewer superintendent said, you just wait until your toilet backs up. <laughs> so, so you know, what's impressive is that, you, just like you said, you've got an organization, you have uh, many that have been there. Dennis Barr, he's been there for years, and he brings a great deal of experience and a lot of leadership. Uh, so I'm sure he's going to be very helpful. And so you got a lot of people that have been there for a number of years, and then you have new people that are going to be assimilating in. 
with different responsibilities because you do have, you know, what are the what are the areas that the the various uh, areas or departments that you have uh, as far as what you serve? So, um, you, as far as clients, we have um, statutory clients uh, within our civil division. You know, some townships, our, the library district. Um, you know, the board of elections, the commissioners. Uh, most of the county departments, we're the statutory, you know, the representative for the, them. Le- the legal representation. Exactly. So, so if you have like a township and they're saying, boy, we have a legal issue and, and we're not quite sure the trustees might not be sure how to go about it. They'll give your office a call and say, you know, we needed a legal opinion on this. Right. And, Correct. Then, and then you have a staff member that that is on top of that. So you do that for a number of different governmental agencies. Mm-hmm. And then what is what about as far as prosecution? Uh-huh. Explain, uh, you know, to our listeners uh, some of the areas that that you're responsible for prosecution, so and, and what that what that entails. We're responsible for all felonies and, and all juvenile adjudication, and so um, you know, for the adults, um, you know, a misdemeanor is going to uh, stay within the municipal court unless it's attached to a felony, and an individual has been indicted. Um, according to the Constitution, uh, and then they'll come to our court, our, our court, come to our office, and then we will prosecute it within the common pleas court. Okay, and then what? And then what? And and so just like the difference between a misdemeanor and a felony, what what what's what separates uh, those two? It's really the, the the seriousness of the crime as well as um, the potential um, penalties. Um, like a, a misdemeanor uh, one, um, the potential uh, penalties is uh, uh, maxed out at six months. And so uh, you go all the way down, um, I believe it's six months, it might be a year, but mm-hmm. uh, right offhand, but it's limited in um, the penalties. And also there's a little bit more flexibility when it comes to, according to the Ohio Revised Code, with um, expungement and getting those those misdemeanors um, removed off one's record. It gets a little bit more difficult when it gets to the felony level. Okay. So that's one of the differences. And then the seriousness, once again, of, uh, of the crime, um, it determines uh, whether or not it's going to be at the uh, uh, misdemeanor level or the felony level. Generally, if people are first time in certain areas or certain things, it's usually on the uh, misdemeanor level. Um, but other times, you know, as gradually or as more serious that it gets to the felony level. Um, but it's, just, it's really a complicated, at times, uh, a complicated system um, that there's a lot of, um, if this happens, then this. Or, yes. um, you know, conditions that are required to get to a certain level. And so we just have to be mindful of that. Um, but I believe that, that as we continue to move forward, we continue to work with, uh, the different individuals, like for example, um, in the past three weeks, I've met with um, the law directors of um, Maslin, Canton, and Alliance already, and ah, okay. trying to 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 see how our office can help and work together. I've met with uh, um, already met with the Jackson Police Chief. I've met with uh, Minerva um, Police Chief. I've met with the City of Canton Police Chief, and I'm going to continue to go and meet with all of our police chiefs in the, um, uh, in the county, um, as well as uh, those who are involved in our uh, system. I have a meeting with the Common Pleas Court judges uh, on next week. I just had one with the 
trial court judges uh, on Thursday. And so I'm just continuing to do what I promised I would do in the first 90 days, and that was making sure that our community partners, as well as those who are intricate in, the, in criminal justice, meeting with them, sharing my vision, getting feedback from them, how we best can serve and how we can best work together, and then trying to implement plans and um, processes within our office to ensure that we're serving um, the people of Stark County well. Well, I think that's excellent because I can tell you just in the, um, uh, you know, since you first started this position and since you first got elected, your communication has been excellent and your follow through has been great because every time I've called you, uh, you know, to ask you for an interview or to get your perspective, you've been very timely, very responsive. So communication without a doubt, that is really the foundation of any relationship uh, that you have with with people that, that you're serving. So I think that's fantastic. Now, one of the things that I've noticed, and this is a uh, really, I think it's a, a probably a very important role that, that you know, you, you and your staff will play as prosecutor. Um, and, and sometimes the public might not even, you know, be that aware of, of you know, this, the, the stages that, uh, that someone will go through. So, for example, let's say that you have a local police officer, and, you know, this is after hiring dozens and dozens of police officers over the years in the city of North Canton. Um, you, you realize how important training is mm-hmm. and um, and in properly training the police officers, because oftentimes they're in a very, you know, uh, highly charged situation, especially if there's a domestic dispute. But for one example is that, um, you know, the police officers, uh, if they're doing an arrest, they can determine what the charge is going to be at, at the scene, right? Whether it's going to be they assaulted a police officer or did they really assault a police officer, or is that their perspective? So t- sometimes there can be some confusion. Like if there is a, uh, if there's an arrest being made, and 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 the person uh, perceives by the police that oh we're you know th- he's resisting. Well, he might not be resisting. He might he might be just you know trying to move or trying to maneuver to see what what is happening. Right? You, you could have uh, uh, you know there's two different perspectives. So when a charge comes through, I mean, the prosecutor's office will review that, right, and say, boy, there's enough evidence to, to prosecute this, or there's not. Is that, that's, is that a role that the, the prosecutor's office plays, or do you try to establish those standards ahead of time? With uh, Well, one of the things, is, and, and that's a, like, maybe like a two-part or even a three-part um, answer for that, because it's generally... It's going to start with our um, city uh, prosecutors, okay. and so before it would come to us. So initially, when someone is charged, it'll initially begin at the municipal court, whether oh. it's a felony and uh, well, it's just whether it's a felony. Uh, if it's a felony, it's going to be at the municipal court, and even if it's just a misdemeanor, it'll be at a municipal court. But it's going to start there, and then um, they'll the person who's been charged with it. Um, they'll be arraigned, and there'll be a, a, a status, um, or um, they will straight to the preliminary hearing. And the defendant has the ability at the point of a preliminary hearing whether to waive it and allow it to go to the grand jury if it's charged on the felony level, or they can go through the preliminary hearing uh, and then you know gather information or gather perspective, and then the municipal court judge will then decide if there was enough probable cause for the case to be sent to the grand jury. I see. Okay. And generally, um, that tends to happen. On the flip side of that, that's why 
we're trying to right currently uh, right now we're, we're exploring what it looks like um, for um, my office to um, go um, with direct indictments with um, mostly all, if not all, of felony level charges going straight to our office uh, rather than within the municipal court. Um, and that we are basically possibly removing uh, a one step. And so it'll go straight to the grand jury. So we're just exploring what those, what the direct indictment process is going to be. That was one of the things that I, um, you know, talked about during my campaign that I wanted to do. Um, we have current buy-in, uh, and, and we continue to, to, to move forward um, to explore what that looks like financially, what it looks like, because it will require my office to do more work, and it's going to require um, us to add people um, to our staff to take on um, that work. And so we just want to make sure that whenever we pull the trigger to do it and make it happen, that we're um, staffed correctly, that we're not overworking, and that I'm not adding more work to a current staff that, you know, they do a great job with um, Dennis Lee, the, the criminal division, and um, they do a great job. They're waiting now to get back to trials because, yes. um, you know, criminal trials and civil trials have been on hold um, because of the pandemic. And so, uh, um, fingers crossed, they're looking forward to getting back in the courtroom to, to, to do what they do. And so, 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 um, so it's really like, uh, so really your, your goal or the benefit that you were looking, so, because obviously you've had experience in, uh, you know, defending uh, cases mm -hmm. uh, in the criminal justice system, like mm -hmm. well over 400 cases. And so, so you're looking at it saying um, you see that there's a benefit from a direct indictment and, and really it would just be, um, you know, I'm sure that your, your thoughts are that it's a, um, it's, it's going to be a, a more efficient process. Is that what the what your thought is on that, or taking Absolutely. out a layer of of government that's going to? One of the things that's also important is when we go in direct indictment, and that's the third part or second part to your question, the original question, is what has what happens is is we get to be able to have more of a connection um, with uh, the, the what the police are charging. And that we can help set a standard and be able to say, this is what, if we're charging for this, these are the elements that we should see. These are the, 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 um, the elements of the crime that we should at least have some evidence or some connection to. We need to see these things. And so it allows us. And one thing that's important, I want to stress this enough, every police chief that I've met with and his staff or whatnot, they have all said, we are open to training, we are open uh, to working with your office. We are open to all of those things. We have yet now. I granted, I have multiple um, meetings that need to be still set up, but thus far we have had no pushback. It's actually been very welcoming. Like, hey, if there's something that we can do better, we are open to it, and we would like to. So that puts us in a position that as we do, and we, when we explore, when we go ahead and start direct indictments, we then can influence and set the standard by which uh, things are coming through to the office. But it's difficult. I won't say it's difficult, but it, it, it takes away um, that opportunity when there's another layer in different standards or different um, perspective that in, within each city and whatnot. But when it's coming to the same office, 
the same charges or the same uh, um, issues, we have the ability to set a standard to streamline it to make sure that um, the things that come out of our office and what we are recommending citizens-wise is fair and consistent across the board. Well, you know, I think that's excellent because, you know, one of the things, and, and this has just been in my experience and, you know, working in uh, public service and particularly with police officers, they're, you know, the the men and women that work as police officers, they're, they're like, just tell us what the rule is. Tell us what you want us to do, you know. I mean, they're all about, uh, you know, wanting to know the specifics of what they are expected to do. Right. And and as long as they know the rules, now I can tell you one thing that'll that clearly will fl- frustrate police officers is when they get misdirection or they get inconsistency. I mean, that is not a cool thing. So, right. You know, over the years, when uh, you know, the first thing that I found is that okay, as the mayor, you can forgive uh, tickets, right? You could mm-hmm. you could write them off. Well, there was only. After 14 years, I only forgave one ticket. Wow. It was a parking ticket, okay? Because I was told in the beginning, they said, if we're going to write tickets and you're going to just forgive them, then we're not going to write them, right? right? It's like, what? why Why are, you know, is this just so that you can arbitrarily decide who gets, you know, uh, who's ticketed and who isn't? And so I just made it a standard. If somebody got a ticket and they say, hey, mayor, uh, you know, uh, my son got a speeding ticket, uh can you, you know, let them out. I said, hey, that's, I don't, I don't forgive tickets. And so right. I'll tell you, I think that you're off to a great start. I mean, just by going out and reaching out to the law departments and, uh, and looking for ways to improve it, the direct indict, direct indictment, you know, if you can take out, uh, you know, an, uh, another layer, but find a way to efficiently do it. And so that everybody's in agreement with the standard and the procedure and you can work with your staff. I mean, it, it really is just better service for everybody, but it does take time. And um, and so I I think that what you're doing is fantastic. And I know you got a lot of responsibility, but you're taking the time to uh, let the people know what you're doing in your office. And we greatly appreciate you coming on the program today. Thank you, sir. I appreciate the time to share. Um, want to see if I just may add this. Um, last Friday, we had, not this past, past Friday, we had a our first staff meeting with the my um, administrative team, mm-hmm. and I warned them. I said, "You guys, this is probably going to be a long meeting, but it's re- <laughs> it's required." And so, two and a half hours later, um, we were done. Uh, but we uh, we went through each department uh, and expressed what my vision was for each team, what I expected for the year 2021, and um, to ensure that. Everything that we promised on the campaign trail, I'm yes. doing exactly that, and I intend to to continue that perspective um, with making sure that we give Stark County citizens exactly what they asked for. And when they asked for, by saying that, is when they elected me as the county prosecutor. Everything that I promised, I want to ensure that that takes place. And so that's what we're doing. That's what we'll continue to do. And uh, we make ourselves available um, for our statutory clients, for the community, and uh, we'll just keep moving. And I appreciate the opportunity to continue to share my vision, continue to share our progress on here, and to be able to to reach the people so they'll know that we're doing exactly what we're supposed to do. Well, thank you very much for coming on the program, Kyle. I know you're going to do a great job because you've started out 
by you certainly are timely and responsive. Uh, anytime that I've uh, reached out to you or to your office, you're doing the same thing to the municipalities and in Maslin and and Canton and around and the, and the township. So uh, we wish you well. We know you're working hard. Keep up the good work. And thanks again for coming on the program. All right. Thank you, sir. Right. Have a good day. Thank you. Kyle Stone. He's the new Stark County prosecutor. He's young. He's uh, he's excited. He's very bright. And uh, he's got things going. So that's uh, something that we can look forward to here in Stark County. We're going to take a break. And um, you're listening to Saturday Morning here on WHBC. And when you come back, we're going to talk to Sean Anton, and he is going to be talking about exercise and extreme hip hop. Good morning. It's Saturday morning on News Talk 1480 WHBC. It's 21 degrees outside. It is chilly. And, um, one of the things that we're struggling with right now is the post office. Post office is not is not delivering their mail in a timely manner, especially during the Christmas holidays. Well, we're past that now. And I got a text from County Commissioner Richard Regula as we were talking about the delays in the U.S. Postal Service that he received his November Verizon bill just recently. So it is now January, and he's getting a November Verizon bill. Well, Commissioner Regula, I hope that you paid your bill during that time. Otherwise, you probably wouldn't have the phone working right now, which it is working. And speaking of working and working out, we have Sean Anton. He is on the line with us today. Sean, how are you? Hey, good morning. Good morning. I'm doing pretty good. How are you today? Sir? I'm doing great. So you have made a big, big life change. Uh, I saw you recently over at the uh, grocery store, and I, I almost didn't recognize you. Uh, you, you. You look great. Thanks. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And uh, yes, sir. Um, what, 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 what was it that you changed? I mean, you, you've, you've, you trimmed up a lot. You lost a lot of weight. So, so tell us about that. How did you do it? Yes, sir. So uh, I am currently um, 90 pounds down. I have two more pounds until I reach my milestone. Uh, so, yes, sir, 90 pounds down. Started my journey. I was 330 pounds. And um, I told myself one day that um, I didn't want to be this person. I wanted to be better for me and my family. And I started my journey and just kind of took it from there. And fast forward, 90 pounds um, later. Wow. And, uh, still wow. got still got a lot of work to do. That's amazing. Yes, sir. I mean, that's almost uh, you know that's almost the size of of a, a small person. And, <laughs> I know it's crazy. Isn't that amazing? And and how many children do you have now? You're married and uh, you've got a lovely wife. And how many children you have now? Four. Four children. Four. Two boys, two girls. Yes, sir. Wow, amazing. Two boys, two girls. And so, what what are the biggest differences that you noticed uh, between you know your mindset then and now? What's what, what do you notice uh, more than anything? So, so the first thing is is that confidence, man. That confidence that I've never had. Well, I've had the confidence, but I got it back. And the fact so, so I, you had it, but as you as yeah. as you started to get uh, you know because you're a bit you're just a big guy too. You're you're tall. I mean. You're you're not a small guy, and so you you had a lot of extra weight, and yes, and sir. and you so is really what you notice most is the confidence. Yes, sir. The confidence, and the crazy thing is, is the more 
this process wasn't just for me alone. It was for my family as well. So the things that I sacrificed and gave up <clears throat> for the things that I was able to obtain and gain, my family fed off that as well. And the more I push, the more they push. And it's crazy because kids, they watch. They watch. And um, so me going through this process and them seeing this transformation and seeing me, um, you know, sacrifice a lot and the dedication and all the hard work, it inspired them as well. And it's crazy seeing them go through their own process and be like, hey, Daddy, just like you, I'm going to do this just like you. Or, hey, Dad, this is what I'm doing. That's probably one of the biggest things. But the confidence, as I grew and start, started to get that confidence back, their confidence grew stronger. And then um, the energy, you know, the, the fact that the energy that I can have to be more involved with their lives as well. Um, so I am so grateful that I've been able to make this transformation in my life because not only did it make me better, it made my family better. See, so, that, yeah, that, just, that's a, well, I think that's an, it's fantastic because, you know, it's always, you, you know, it, it doesn't matter, uh, you know, who you are. It's like, is it easier to lay in bed and pull the covers over your head? Of course. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's warm. It's nice. It's protective i mean getting out putting your feet on the cold floor and moving or getting up and going you know it's always easier to do nothing right yes sir yes sir but then but then everything becomes a habit it's like if you the more you elect to do nothing the easier it gets to do nothing yes and, sir and then the, the more you try to push yourself the easier it does get I mean, so there was probably a big difference when you first started this journey when you were at, uh, what, 330 pounds? Yes, sir. But first first day had to be the toughest, right? Yeah, yes, and that's why I try to encourage people who want to, want to do their own journey because, like, there are, there are going to be times where you want to give up and you want to quit, but, you know, you have to remember your why and why you want to do this and um, just keep keep growing, keep pushing, and then also surround your people around, surround yourself around people that's going to help you grow and take you along this journey. They're not going to do all the work for you, but they're going to be there to encourage you and push you and motivate you. Um, so, yes, I, and that's the the space I'm in right now in my life where, you know, as I continue to grow, I want to encourage others and motivate others that, hey, this is what I've done and this is what I've been successful at, and you can do it too. So... Right, because when when you, because you you notice the the life changing experience and how how it's helped you and how you feel so much better on a daily basis, you're like you, you want it for other people, right? You, yes, sir. You're like, hey, if I can do it, because you remember what it was like uh, back when you were thinking, I don't think I can do this. This might be too <laughs> this might be too hard. Like this could be impossible, right? And then and then. Yes. What was the what was the turning point? What when did you finally say, "All right, this this is it"? So, when I was three hundred thirty pounds, and um, I've been I've never been that big before. You know, I played college football. I was fit, small guy, not small guy, but you know, I yeah. But for the football you know, field, you know, yeah, you get some giants yeah. out there. So exactly. So uh, um, fast forward three three hundred thirty pounds. Um, you know, start having kids. You know, and I blame it on my wife because she used to make me go get cheesecake. When I get off work every night, you know, ah, okay, yes, it's a nice excuse, right? It was your <laughs> wife, wife yeah. offering you cheesecake. It was her fault. It was, it yes. was another fact. <laughs> you know, I, I lost myself. I lost myself. You know, I lost myself. Um, gave the weight, and then the turning point in my life was, you know, when the doctor told me that um, 
I had um, high blood pressure. I've never had any health issues in my life. So I had a high blood pressure. I was going in regularly uh, to check in with my doctor. I was on a pill. I forget the name of it, but this pill, it, it, I hated taking it. It would make my was it was a blood. It was a blood pressure pill? Yes, sir. Okay. Yes. And so so how old were you now? At, uh, how old were you when, when you learned so you had high this, blood pressure? This was roughly... Um, it's 2019. Yes, sir. Two, so, yep, I was 20, uh, 31 at the time. 31. So you're 31, 31 years, years old. old. You're 330 yes, pounds. You go to the doctor, and he says you got high blood pressure, and you're going to have to take this medication. Yes, sir. And it was being monitored um, pretty much on a, on a monthly basis. And um, you know, I I had um, I was having, having some issues with my sleeping and my breathing and whatnot. It was I was. So you had like the sleep apnea where you just weren't yes, breathing yep. properly. You're probably snoring a lot. And yep, yep. It would be nights where my wife wouldn't sleep, and um, man, it was so it was crazy. Like she'd wake up crying because like she felt like I thought you. She couldn't take it, I, right? Because it was she couldn't too. Take it. She was like, I, I didn't, I didn't know if you were alive or not. And because so, you can stop. Because you can stop breathing when. When you're Correct. you're it's so, so it's it's bro, it's just blocking your breathing while you're sleeping at night, but you're not realizing it because you're asleep, and exactly. and she's she's it's it's torture for her because she's wondering did you stop breathing, and it and that can be a deadly, that can be deadly the sleep apnea right, yes sir it can be, it can be, um so you know. So the, doc, so so the doctor said you got, you've got you got high blood pressure, you have sleep apnea, you're 31 years old, you're 330 pounds, and, 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 and so then what happened? You, the doctor tells you this, and what did you do? So one day I made a, I made a, um, you know, I, I made a choice that um, I have a beautiful family, um, and I have to be... I have to be around for my family. I made a choice one day. I said, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. This lifestyle that I'm living, the foods that I'm eating, um, I'm done. I stopped taking my, my medicine. I didn't tell my doctor. I stopped taking it. I didn't like the way it made me feel. And I stopped taking it. And that's the day that I told myself that I'm going to make a change. I'm going to make a lifestyle change. So I was starting. My wife told me, whatever you need to do, you know, I got the house. Do what do do what you have to do. So the first thing I started doing, I went back to the uh, North Kent Running Group because mm -hmm. I, I really enjoyed running. Running is my happy place. It's my therapy. And um, there's a guy. His name is um, Terry. Mm -hmm. um, there are also some other support people in the North Kent Running Group. I, w I went back. You know, at this point, I'm Terry. Was he the attorney? The big guy? Yes. The yes. Yes, Terry. Terry Seberger. Terry Seberger. Uh, yeah. Yep. I went. I went back to the group, and knowing that I know these guys run, you know, they're about to go run five or seven miles. Knowing I can't do that. Yeah, because these these back. these runners are they're they're like crazy intense. You know, they're yes, they're running up and down the hills. They're running, you know, when it's raining, snowing. Yep, that's that's us. I'm pretty sure you see us running around. Yeah. So now you're in that group. So you go. Oh, yeah. So you're like 330 pounds. You are not in yep. running shape at all. Not at all, and not at all, and um, but Terry, he wouldn't let me quit, and I and I going into it, I knew it was going to be hard, and if for anyone who's ever tried to run before, and you're not a runner, and you start running about, I say about half a mile, you get into it, and you get that feeling, nah, I can't do this, it's not for me, and you want to give up, or you may say I'm gonna walk the rest of the way, 
or whatnot. I, I went into this knowing that it was going to be it was going to be hard. I'm, I'm going to start my journey or whatnot. And that day, I think I did maybe two to three miles. It wasn't consistent. I but you were you were walking, running, then run and walk, and then and yep. then feel like you're going to die. And yep. right. And so then, yep. did you? How many times a week were you doing that? Um, I started doing twice a week, and um, and then at, the, at some point in time, I started kicking up a bit. Um, start running back on Saturday and Sundays. But Terry was the person who wouldn't let me quit. This guy, you know, I would stop and start walking. Terry would tell me, hey, take 10 steps, let's go. Um, and he would push me, and he would push me. And the group, they would push me as well. They didn't they didn't discourage me. they say, hey, we're going to run up to 7th Street. We'll be right back, you know. And they put me on their shoulders, man. And um, let's fast forward. You know, and we talk about progression. That's so why I tell people, you know, do what you can do, and and that's what that, that was the message they were trying to tell me. Hey, today you may be only to do two miles, um, but just do what you can do. But keep pushing yourself. Okay, next week, okay, let's take it up a notch. Well, let's try three. You may not succeed, but let's try it. You know. Well, and, and, and it was it was humbling. It was humbling to for you too, right? Because you're yes, sir. You see these guys that are, they got no body fat and they're just running like you know deer. Right, oh, and, yeah. and they're running by you, going, "Oh, hang in there, Sean. Keep it going. Yep. Don't quit. We're gonna run like four times as far as you, but we'll be back." Yep. Right? That wasn't. It wasn't. I mean, they were they were encouraging, but it was not an easy thing. It's not. It's not. It's not at all. It's not at all. But you. Um, but you kept going. You kept. You kept going, and you kept showing up. And so now, you're one of those guys that are running and telling somebody else, "Come on." Exactly. You can do it. Exactly. Yes, sir. Um, now it's crazy how, like, um, the leader of the group, his name is Mike, um, he tells me sometimes, like, man, you, do you remember when you first started? It was all the way in the back. Now, you know, you keep it up. Like, sometimes <laughs> right. I push myself, like, uh, within the top five runners, you know, trying to. Yeah, and you're, um, and you know, you're a big, to, big guy. You know? Yeah, I'm still. You're a, still a big guy. I mean, you know, and yeah. some of these, uh, some of the people in the running group, you know, they're, they, they could be, they're, they're not. You know, probably not above 130 pounds. So you're still a big. You're in great shape, but you're still what two, uh, 200 and 240, 240 pounds, right? Yes, sir. So you're at yes, the sir. front of the group now. Yes, sir. I'm, 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 I'm up there with the pack leaders, with the running the leaders. So now Terry was pushing me to, to keep. You know, keep going. Now he's following me. <laughs> oh my god! Now, 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 I'm <laughs> Terry. <laughs> now, now you're looking back at Terry. Come yeah. on, Terry, keep okay. up. <laughs> Isn't yeah. that funny? Isn't that well, funny? Yeah. And so, and and so, how about your life? How has your life changed since that overall, time? Just overall, it is crazy how the fitness portion, even you know, just fitness overall, changing my life and. My journey, uh, what I do is I take that same process and start applying it to other areas within my life. Okay, I want to be a better leader. I want to be a better father, a better husband. Yes. And taking that same agenda, same process, you're like, hey, well, I may not be great in this area, but this is some somewhere that I want to grow. And taking that same process and starting applying it to other um, other areas in my life. Because I'm, I'm in this stage in my life where I'm, I'm just about growth. And I want to grow and be the person that God created me to be. So how, how does that change within my life? I started growing in other areas in my life because I used the process from my fitness journey. Starting to apply it to other areas in my life and just want to continue to keep growing, man. And um, 
Well, oh, you yeah. you are making a you are making a big difference. A very very inspiring story. And if people want to learn more, you've got a Facebook group now, right? Yes, sir. I have a Facebook group. It's called Extreme Hip Hop with with Sean. Um, I am a um, fitness instructor. Um, I teach a step class. It's, it's called Extreme Hip Hop. It was created by uh, Phil Whedon. He's out of um, Cleveland, Ohio. It's pretty popular all over the world. But one day I was inspired to um, to get certified to, to uh, teach this class because I, I really enjoy doing it. But from what I try to take from this class, I try to use this platform as an instructor to help tell my story and also inspire people uh, to take their own journey and also, you know, whatever, whatever that journey may be. It may not be weight loss, weight loss or fitness. It could be, um, it could be spiritual. You know, it could be, um, you know, relationship building, whatever journey or wherever place you're you're in in your life where you want to grow. That's, you know, I try to use this platform. Um, as an instructor to help inspire and motivate other people just to become the best version of them because when you're the best version of you, you can be the best for everybody else. You can be the best husband. You can be the best father. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's... That is excellent. Well, Sean, you have been, you've been very inspiring to a lot of people I know today uh, by sharing your story, and uh, we greatly appreciate having you on the program. Sean Anton, and he's got the Facebook page, uh, Extreme Hip Hop. He's lost nearly 100 pounds. Sean, thank you for being on the program. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking to a marriage and family counselor who has a lot of experience, and that's going to be at 1035. We will be back. This is David Held, Saturday morning here on WHBC. Good morning. It's Saturday morning. This is David Held. It's 20 degrees outside, and you can always tell when it's cold. At least I can when you walk outside. And the snow is squeaky. Squeaky. You know it's cold outside. And uh, a lot of changes here over the past year. There's a lot of changes going on around the globe, and I don't think that uh, really we've seen anything like this. Uh, Certainly not in my 55 years being on the planet. And... uh, you know, I've been told that there's a, a pandemic, right? You've got the, the virus pandemic, but then along with that, there's two other pandemics that have been brought about. It's a pandemic of fear and a pandemic of mental health challenges. And so we have one of our top counselors, marriage and family counselors, with us on the line today, Stephanie Fergirelli. And she's been a counselor now for how many years now, Stephanie? All right, we've got Stephanie. Stephanie, you're yes. on the line. How are you? How many How many years have you been a counselor now? 29. 29 I'm, years. I'm only 30 years old, so I And I'm you're fine. only 30 years old. All right. <laughs> and you have uh, and you're uh, married also and you got a wonderful yes. family and you have three children. Yes. And yes. so yeah, and so you're not only you're not only counseling doing marriage and family counseling but you have lived it as well yes my husband and i have dated since we were 15 and you know so now we're 52 and 53 and we have three children that are 23 21 and 19 so someday i'm gonna write a book possibly i don't know but <laughs> this is where you learn, you learn oh i'm sure i'm sure you could write a book 
I mean, you get a lot of experience. You know, the other thing is, too, um, when you're a counselor, it gives you an opportunity to see into the lives of so many other people, right? Because you will have, yeah. you know, couples and you'll have people that are single and, you know, different age groups. And so you really get an intimate understanding of the perspective of so many other people in yeah. uh, working as a counselor. It, it really is. It really is. Because, you know, you're there to listen and to help encourage and guide and, and help people. Yes, yes. And I take it with great honor. I, I don't take it lightly. So, so tell us tell us what, um, so you've been doing this now for 29 years, and have you seen a lot of changes this past year? Yes. Uh, honest to goodness, I would say in the la- this last year since March, I have been the busiest that I've ever been in. I I feel like I can fairly say I, I, I've seen a, a pattern. I, I don't think it's surprising to most people, but gosh, when we see a negative pattern and we're like, gosh, there it is again. There, you know, there is this this pattern of fear and anxiety that is so, so, so amped up. Yes, and and you're seeing it. This is across all different mm-hmm. uh, individuals, ages, and backgrounds, whether they're Correct. single or married or young or older. Uh, you're, you're just seeing it consistently, right? Yes. Yep. Exactly. And, and what and what do you think is so? What do you think is the the number one one problem that people are facing? Is it is it fear? Yes, I, I would say fear and anxiety, <clears throat> fear of the unknown, fear of uncertainty. It's just I, I think it's fear packaged in all kind of different ways. Um, you know, when I meet someone and getting to know them and hear their story and walk alongside them, and then currently what's bringing them you know to to seek counseling and i keep seeing the same the same pattern of of fear so we have our normal everyday things that we go through the normal stressors of life and then you know you just put these last months this last year on top of everything and it just it amplifies everything and you know what's something too and uh, and and i can say this just from my own experience because i had one of our daughters who was going through a difficult time and and, and, you know, while she was going to school, while she, while she was in college, and she felt that she was really just being, you know, pushed away by some of her classmates. And she's really one of the friendliest kids that we have. So there's a lot of different dynamics going on that young people are facing. And uh-huh. um, and then, of course, I tried to give my wisdom and my guidance, and I just knew it was not going over very well, right? Uh, I guess right. my Vince Lombardi speech of, come on, you need to hang in there. You need to suck it up and get... The- <laughs> you yeah. can do this, right? And and I just knew that, you know, sometimes that, that helps, sometimes it doesn't. But uh but then she ended up talking with you and just just in a you know, a mentor uh relationship, just talking with you and she was like a different person. She the yeah. next day she felt great. <laughs> well, I think it's you know, it's giving people permission to be where they're at, it's acknowledging some things, it's validating a lot of things and um you know, people that tend to be very strong during this time, it's okay to give them permission to maybe take a different route or look at this as a different season, you know. Um, changing directions or taking a breath back does not mean that you become complacent. And so I think that staying intentional during this time about a lot of different things, about about self-care, um, is, is really the key. Yes, yeah, st- staying intentional. And isn't it something there's... Because there are so many distractions. And, you know, oftentimes you'll hear people say, 
I'm a great multitasker. And, you know, really, it's kind of like being a master of, uh, you know, a jack of all trades and a master of nothing. It's like if you're going to, you really have to learn, especially now, how to focus and have that intentional action, right? Is that is that Yeah, and, and, and pay attention to what, you know, what you're feeding on. I think, you know, we, we know these are like simple things, but, but we need to be reminded that, you know, what we're putting into ourselves will come out. You know, what we're feeding on, you know, our diet is everything we consume. Yes, well, what, our, our mental diet, our physical, or, you know, our, what we're eating, and, and uh, but, as, but you're especially talking about what we are feeding our minds. We have to really right. guard our minds and our hearts and what we're letting in. Right, exactly. And if we can think of it like in just those three simple areas, mind, body, and soul, what am I consuming on a daily basis? And there's, there really is a, a strong, this is like a, um, you know, it's not a, what do I want to say? It's not a formal analysis that I'm doing, but when I've been meeting with people, I do this little assessment of how much media and news that they are feeding on daily, and their honest to goodness is a direct correlation between that and the level of fear or confusion um, that they're that they're experiencing. You know, isn't that something? Because, and this is really so. You've had hundreds of people come through your office, you know, over the mm-hmm. years. I'm sure with you know thousands, and and but what you are finding now is that the level of fear and anxiety that people have, that there is, when you talk with them, there is a correlation between how much media they mm-hmm. are bringing into their life, like on an hour-by-hour yes. basis. Yes, and we, we we know all this from, you know, the, the media age with our kids and their phone and their Snapchat and their Twitter. In general, we, we knew this. We've, we've seen it, you know, and but... I think now, I know now that it's just amped up. You see the stronger correlation between two things. I really think the amount of isolation that someone has in their life, that varies from person to person. And then the amount of news or media and what and what they're feeding on, you know, what they're putting in. You know, when we were growing up, we just watched the, you know, clicked on the news once, once a day, at the end of the day for an hour or something. <clears throat> you know, but now it's 24-7. Yes, it's nonstop. It's it's nonstop. And you know what's interesting, too, is that I noticed, like, you know, I think one of the most important uh, instruments that I have is my cell phone because it allows, you know, it, it can really be used as an incredible tool to Absolutely. to be more productive, right? But at the same time, it can be, it can, it can really stress you out because now you're having other people determine what you are doing throughout the day, whether it's an email or a text uh-huh. or, you know, they're dictating what you do and when you do it based on whether or not, you know, you're responding right away. And sometimes, Absolutely. you know, we pride ourselves on, hey, I'm going to be very responsive, but I've, you know, just in observation myself, I can see that if I really, if there's something important that I need to do, I, I need to be able to set the phone down and just focus on that particular project until it's exactly. done. Exactly. It's, it's intention. It's, it's again going back to intentionality. It's going back to boundaries. It's going back to self care. So we just, we're just, this is, sadly, this is not a time when we can just meander through life lightly. We have to be intentional, set our boundaries, look at what we're putting into ourselves, who we are availing ourselves to. You know, I think of soul health and, uh, you know, who, or, Yes. Well, like when you have, so you're saying your your mind, your body, and your spirit, that it's like, uh, and and you had mentioned 
I heard you mention one time about surrendering, that you have to surrender control, right? Yes. Because yes. that does bring, you know, and, and this is coming from somebody that, you know, of course, you love to control things. You love to be right. able to control your environment and control what, what others are doing. But then you, know, you come to a point in your life, you're realizing it's like, how much control do I really have? How much of it is just an illusion that I've created in my mind? But I think I'm right. in control, right? Yes, exactly. So you often look at, do people put, are they a victim of life or are they proactive toward their life? Yes. And, you know, some people look outside and say, it's cold out, oh, this, this day stinks or whatever, and they, they forget that it's sunny right now in Northeast Ohio. You know, I'm like, hey, yes. it's sunny out, you know. Well, we know it's freezing out, but you can also... Go sit in the sun. Get your face in that sun for 20 minutes for vitamin D. You can also um, spend some time in prayer if you're a person of faith or meditation. I mean, again, it's being intentional and not a, not allowing external things to dictate how you are going to take care of your mind, body, and your soul during this time especially. Isn't that something? Because, you know, this past week, and this is actually just before the week uh, before that you and I had uh, just recently spoken, that I started to think about those things and there were a number, you know, you always like to say, Oh, you know, I'm always going to persevere. I'll never quit. But there were a number of times where you get so discouraged that you do quit. And, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I remember if it wasn't for, um, you know, people that, uh, were mentors or actually my first boss, I, you know, I I quit the job because I didn't think I could do it. I felt overwhelmed and, and then took another job. And two weeks later, I thought I made a mistake. Oh my gosh, I need to get back. You know, I'm, I'm young. I'm in my twenties. I called him up. He said, "Come on back, come on back." And you know, he told me in ways that 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 I needed to hear, that I needed to change. You know how how I was going about things, how I was handling stress, how I was how I was learning, managing the learning process. So I had called him last week, and I just thanked him. He's now 80 years old, and. And wow. it's just a, and my coach in, in college, college coach, he's a great, he's just a great, encouraging person. Mm-hmm. You know, he comes mm-hmm. alongside you, right? How yes. how important yes. is that uh, for other people to have those? That's absolutely, yeah. Or, That's what I say to people, you know, thank you for allowing me to walk alongside you. We're going to walk this out together. You yes. Know, kind of. Kind of like a coach. Yes, yeah. You're 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 uh you're a, a counselor. You're a coach, a, a mentor. But you know, ultimately, you're a source of. You know, they say if somebody's lacking courage, well, they uh-huh. need courage. So they uh-huh. need encouragement, right? They need somebody right. else to give them what they don't have. Yep, and and we have a choice of who we surround ourselves with that is encouraging that does, you know, speak of positivity, love, and faith in these things, and, and that we are. I, I, one of the things um, one of our past, my pastors in life taught, that you're going to feed faith, positivity, and love, and you're going to starve out fear. Yes, yes. You know, and that has to do with who, who are we surrounding ourselves with? Are they saying positive things? Are they saying hateful things? Are they draining us? And again, we have, we have the choice of being intentional with boundaries, you know, based, based in love. You can set boundaries and be intentional and be based in love. Right, because it's really, you know, about we really can't control what happens. You you can't control what happens to you. You you like to think that you can, but but ultimately you can't. But you can control 
how you respond, right? Correct. You can you can you can control our you know, today I'm going out today and am I going to be a blessing to someone? Am I going to buy someone's coffee behind me? Am I going to do something small for someone? There are these small ways that we can take care of ourselves and other people, um, especially during this time. Am I going to get out of the house today, get this roof off of my head and go for a walk, go for a drive, grab a, grab a coffee, put on some music, sing in the car, you know, different things like that that we can be intentional about that create positivity, especially during this time. Stephanie, you are bringing a lot of positivity to a lot of people, and you certainly did to our household here at the Held household this past week. And so we're grateful to have you on the program. If people want to get a hold of you and they need somebody to talk to, how do they get a hold of you? They can call me directly at 330-495-7489. That is my direct line. I I am easily accessible for people. And uh, if, if you need to leave a message, leave a message, and I'll, and I'll call you back. That is great. Is, Go ahead, your office, office. right in North Canton. Right, office is right here in North Canton. Okay. Yes. Stephanie, thank you very much for being on the program. Please keep up the good work because uh, people need people like you out there to make a difference. We're going to please come back again, okay? Yes, absolutely. All right. Thank you. It's Stephanie Figarelli, and she's uh, she does a great job helping people out. And we hope that you have a great weekend. Thank you for being with us today. It's David Held Saturday morning here on 1480 WHBC.